This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. This podcast was recorded on traditional Denizal land. Hello and welcome to Before the Peace. I'm your host, Jenna Moreland, and I'm here with my co-host and producer of the show, Trey Lapashinsky. Yes, I know. We just released the podcast episode like four days ago, Mm -hmm. but this is a special podcast episode. Today is National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, and Jenna and I felt that we wanted to use this opportunity to share with you guys what we're thinking uh, over the past year. With the podcast, with uh, the, the unmarked graves uh, coming out across the country, headlines, it's top of mind for everyone, orange shirts everywhere, mm-hmm. it's beautiful, there's negative behind it, there's frustrations behind it, and we just wanted to have a little chat about it, but bring a positive light on this day, and uh, especially what it means to us, and Jenna went out, boots on the ground, <laughs> to the Energetic City and Moose FM block party, and went up to random people and asked them what reconciliation meant to them. How the heck did that go? I bet some people were like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I, I, I think uh, my biggest takeaway at the end of the day was that I think a lot of people don't even know what reconciliation means. Um, so Well, I got my handy dandy phone here. <laughs> Would you like me to say it now? Yeah. Okay. So the definition of reconciliation, I'll be honest with you. I knew but didn't know. I never looked at the actual definition of reconciliation. So when I went to the Google machine today and saw it just kind of made a lot of sense why that word has been used. But the definition is the action of making one view or belief compatible with another. Yeah, that just seems so simple. But then also... I don't know. I find it I find it interesting that reconciliation is the word that's been used when when if people don't even know what it means, how are they supposed to know what it means to them and how are they how are we supposed to move forward? I think that's so I think my biggest takeaway at the end of the day was if people don't know what reconciliation means, how are they supposed to know what it means to them and how are we supposed to move forward as a country? I'm really grateful for the people that did say what it meant to them because it's really putting yourself out there. And I think that's saying a lot nowadays being recorded and being putting yourself out there. Um, it's scary because you, you don't want to say the wrong thing and, in this instance, like my gut feeling is like there isn't a wrong answer, but then there also is a wrong answer. I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> I flip flop across the board, like even with the word itself, it unpacks so much. And I, I find it so interesting because the this one word that has been used time and time again in headlines across the board, everyone knows when you say reconciliation, they tie it to Canada's history and, you know, and indigenous people's history in Canada and what we're doing moving forward and what needs to be done moving forward. It's crazy that every single person we've talked to as a guest on the podcast, the people that you've went up to during the block party on September 10th, they all had different answers. Mm -hmm. Some were in the same vein, 
That in itself is very, very interesting to me because I think that that one word and how people answer it could say a lot about themselves and where they stand advocating for indigenous people or their thought process or the research that they've done into the history of Canada. And for me, when I hear that word, it's a little frustrating because it's just used so much. Yeah. It's a buzzword at this point. But at the same time, it's really important. I've heard a lot of people that are overwhelmed with the amount of coverage that has come out mm-hmm. since the, the Kamloops graves uh, were uh, undiscovered, uh, the unmarked graves. Even though... The indigenous communities in that area and across Canada with these unmarked graves popping up, they knew there were graves in that area for a while, decades. But then yeah, finally, it wasn't a secret. No, it wasn't no secret. Yeah. But then once they actually get the funding to do these scans of the ground and the unmarked graves in those areas, then now it's in the mainstream. It's being talked about a lot across news coverage, every organization and company is now kind of hopping on and some will say bandwagon and I would I mean, say kind of a pendulum yeah, swing. Exactly. Of, yeah. And, and people are getting in the conversation and I understand how it can be overwhelming because you want to support and you want to learn and you want to listen. But then you see companies, major companies selling orange shirts and and putting out yeah these, like walmart yeah. selling the orange shirts <laughs> yeah and, and i understand how that can be frustrating but i think it's more so of a confusion right because i think that is huge stemming from those headlines was this podcast where we're going out into the communities speaking with leaders we're learning we're listening we're putting a platform out there for people to find on their own to, to if they want to learn, if they want to gain more knowledge, they can listen to the podcast. They can go look at certain articles. They can read certain books. Now it's out there more. Yeah, and like I'm pretty sure it was Gary Oker, our very first guest, who said when we asked him what reconciliation meant to him, he said this, what you're doing right now. So this podcast for us is a part of reconciliation and you can be a part of that by just listening and learning and you can kind of pick it up when you want and put it down when you want. And I think that is a really healthy way to learn um, because then it's not forced. You can do it on your time and when it feels right. There's been so many I want to say initiatives, advocacy initiatives, for instance, Black Lives Matter, where you've seen, you talk about the pendulum, it's like an ebb and a flow where Mm -hmm. something major will happen in the States, then that gets talked about again, then it kind of fizzles out, and then something major happens, and then it gets brought up again. What I've noticed, and what I think needs to happen in these cases, when there is an issue systematically... Um, socially, across the board, when it stays consistent, which I felt like with all these initiatives that have come out with the the orange shirt, Every Child Matters, it's been consistent, I felt, over the past year to the point where people have been getting overwhelmed and maybe a little frustrated 
that it's consistently there everywhere they look. But I think that is so important and so strong and so powerful that it's consistently been able to stay top of mind for a lot of people for this amount of time. That's huge. And I think it needs to continuously be that way because at the end of the day, you're not going to make everyone happy. Yeah. There are people who are going to be frustrated about all the coverage. There are people who are going to be frustrated about people talking about it or um, advocating for it overly in, in any case. That's just going to happen with whatever initiative it is. People are going to be that way. But what I think is if that if it keeps being talked about, then change will happen gradually instead of being forced. Because I think what we've seen over the past couple of years is with people trying to almost save face is that they will try and almost push it. You know what I mean? Where I think every person needs to have that information out there so they, they can go and learn themselves and listen. Free advertisement, our podcast. <laughs> you know, it's just well, one other example. And I think the trade-off to that too is that my children, I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, who are learning about indigenous culture and their history. And I never had that. I didn't get that in when I was growing up. So it might feel like a lot right now, but now my children are growing up with indigenous culture and history in their lives. And I never had that. So it's, it's special to me um, that we're opening up the conversation more because they're learning so much about who they are and I'm learning so much about like who I am and it's really cool. And I think all that we need to do is have more compassion for everybody, not race specific or people specific, just, just (laughs) compassion and grace to everybody I think is needed more than ever now. 110%. This conversation isn't about indigenous, non-indigenous. Yeah. I think the bigger conversation is listening to everyone, human beings. Listen to what they have to say. Take that in. Have a conversation. Don't take your opinion and then just put it on a flag and stick it in the ground and say, that's my opinion and no one else's matters. Yeah. Listen to people, have those conversations. It's so huge. I'm just someone who I go all over the place. I'll talk with anyone. I'll listen to you and what you have to say. And we can have that conversation. You know what I mean? Whatever I think, whatever you think, even big issues like that, we need to be having talks to see where everyone's at because not everyone is going to agree with things. But for us to move forward as one, as human beings, we need to be listening and learning and and self-aware. Trying to understand the other person exactly. and, and having that compassion, I think, is absolutely going to make the biggest difference in finding something in common. I mean... We all have one thing in common. We're all Canadian. Like there's, there's always that base there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, instead of focusing on the differences in what we lack, we need to be focusing on the things that we have in common and what we can do for each other. I think that's, yeah, baseline. And one thing I've heard too, um, as we, slowly get off our soapbox here is <laughs> going back to your kids. I graduated in 2010. I pretty much didn't know. I know about which is not schools. that long ago. Like, I, know. like let's I, be real. Yeah. Which is it's crazy. Crazy. It's I, crazy. I, I really did not learn anything. Yeah. Like I knew about residential schools. 
it was bad was basically what I learned. Yeah. That's all that I came, that came out of it for me out of school. I could tell you if the curriculum, the way it is now was the way it was when I was growing up as a kid, I'd probably be like, Oh, we have to learn about this again. Oh my good kids. Right. Yeah. But imagine when they're adults. Yeah. When they're in society, when they've learned these things and they have that knowledge, that is huge. That's a way moving forward. They're given this knowledge and they could take it how they want. But I think the vast majority of kids who are learning this, it's going to be for the better. I honestly, I'm hopeful. I'm too positive, I think, about the future. No, this next generation of kids, man, they like... Man, they're just, like Christy said, they're just taking what they want Mm -hmm. and they're not asking for permission and that's what I love about it. So I am positive as well and I think as we move forward, things will get better. 100%. And you know what? It all starts with talking with people and that's why Jenna and I, we're going to get off the mics here. What's going to happen right now is you are going to hear from every resident that Jenna spoke with and it's just going to kind of go in a compilation. So you're going to hear one after the other. And there's some notable members in the Fort St. John community that spoke, but I think it's very important for everyone who's listening to this podcast. If you're a supporter, please try and listen to all of them. Listen to everyone's voice. That's a step. You know, you're listening to us. Now listen to some of the residents and their thoughts and opinions on what reconciliation means to them. And if you don't have a full opinion or a full thought on what that means to you, this might be a start. Yeah. And if you do have a thought on what reconciliation means to you, you can let us know on our social media. We have Twitter at before the peace underscore, and we have Instagram at before the peace. So we want to hear from you guys. We know you're listening. So please reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing and let us know what reconciliation means to you. And if you don't, I'm going to come to your door and you might not see in a picture of me, but I'm six, nine and 350 pounds. (laughs) And I will make sure that you sent. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Let's move on. See, I said how positive I was. And then I go. (laughs) (laughs) You went dark. (laughs) Okay, bye, love you. Bye. (laughs) Sonia Wilson, and thinking about the term reconciliation brings up an awful lot of emotion and a lot of thoughts. I don't think that reconciliation is necessarily capable of being described or summed up. I think it has to do with a lot of different, there are so many layers between healing and history, responsibility, but I do think that it has a lot where to say sorry. Sorry is just words, and I don't think that apologies mean anything unless action is changed. And that starts at the top and goes down. There's no reason in this world that people in Canada shouldn't have fresh water. My name is Erin Citrin. Reconciliation means to me that we as a country have to do anything that we can to make amends for our past and acknowledge that our country does not have a perfect record in history, that we have hurt a lot of people, specifically the Indigenous people of this country. And we have a duty to make things better for future generations and try to heal some of that 
intergenerational trauma that's still affecting our population. And um, us as white people need to under try to have some understanding and listen when Indigenous people speak about their experience and really try to take in what they're saying and just, you know, close our mouths and listen. My name is Alan Stobie. Reconciliation means... I think it actually has different meanings for different people as we were previously discussing. For, to me personally, I had to look up the definition of the word just to make sure I was kind of on par. But it was kind of affirming to me because it was kind of my personal thoughts, was that you got people with two despairing thoughts and you're trying to bring them together. And one of those definitions matched that. I was like, ah, good, so I'm not out to lunch. But yeah, so bringing two parties together where there's kind of a discord. Ted, Paul. So reconciliation for me is, is partly education, like really understanding, um, you know, our history in Canada with, uh, with First Nations. And it's about, um, you know, really, really taking, I guess, responsibility and, and understanding how can we actually interact better and, and how can we, you know, be much better neighbors and uh, citizens with, uh, with the First Nations community and just, you know, work towards building relationships. Sarah McDougall. Reconciliation to me is really about getting the truth out there so people understand what really happened and what the true history is, but then also about healing and forgiveness and then rebuilding that relationship with Indigenous peoples through both equality and respect. I'm Shirley Ann Ako Howard. Um, knowing the truth about what our history, what we went through, through being colonized and decolonized and our rights taken away and our uh, spiritual practices and things that were taken away by the system. And the truth is that if people know the history of, of our people, and the truth um, come to surface, and that's when we'll, we're going to reconcile. Braille Hacko. Reconciliation means recognizing the past, the good and the bad, and then um, learning from good lessons, bad lessons, and working towards a brighter future. Greg Armstrong. I think to me, reconciliation, uh, there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of things about it. Uh, the big thing that stands out to me is it's a sign that we're trying to be better. I think uh, a lot of the problems with how we used to do politics and all that stuff back in the day was, you know, either ignore the bad things we used to do and try to move on without realizing the negative impacts it has on so many people. It's all about trying to do better. And I'm hoping that I'd rather live in a country that's trying to make up for what we've done in the past and all the people that we hurt. And I hope we never stop trying uh, to reconcile. I'm Dub Craig. Reconciliation means I have to take a long, hard look at the brutal history of colonization in Canada and how I'm still contributing to it as a settler. It means making space for Indigenous people and their stories in my life, especially when those stories are difficult to hear. It means reading the Truth and Reconciliation Committee's 94 calls to action and advocating for our governments and workplaces to follow them. It means teaching my children to do the same and empowering them to carry on the process of reconciliation after I'm gone. My name is Nicholas Tass. Reconciliation to me is about remembering the history of the land and its people. It's about preserving and rediscovering Indigenous culture and sharing it with everyone so we can come together and celebrate our differences rather than trying to force beliefs upon each other. Vitz van Waringen. Reconciliation to me means correcting um, the past mistakes, moving forward, beginning to understand and acknowledge um, that, that needs to be reconciled. My name's Trevor Bolin. To me, it means that 
more listening and less talking. It means sitting down with those that are affected or those that could be affected uh, and understanding what it means to them to reconcile, not, not, not suggesting and not telling somebody what they should do or how you think they should feel um, because you don't understand how they feel and, and you'll never understand how somebody else feels regardless of the situation. So, you know what, to me, uh, it's all going to start with listening. It's going to start with understanding and it's going to start with clearing your mind and, and opening it up to the possibilities that, that there's more than what you or I may consider. And then that could be the, that, uh, the start of it, we'll say, and, and be able to build from there. Hi, I'm Katerina. Truth and reconciliation to me is about telling the truth and not hiding what happened right here. Healing can be a generational journey and expecting a community of people to forget isn't what truth and reconciliation is. Reconciliation isn't a celebration. It's a recovery and restoration of culture, language, and knowledge. Conversations about truth and reconciliation may be triggering. The National Residential School Crisis Line provides 24-hour crisis support to former residential school students and their families toll-free at 1-866-925-4419. There is a National Center for Truth and Reconciliation, which holds archives, memorials, and materials to learn more about truth and reconciliation at nctr.ca. Make sure you guys subscribe to Before the Peace using your favorite podcast app or at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.